I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Marshall's still going. Marshall's got Richards coming up outside. Now inside. Richards pursued. He pushes Jensen away. Yes, yes. Welcome back to another episode of the NRL Supercoach Podcast, hosted by the SC Whisperer. Now, uh, touching on the Manly series that we released two days ago, you guys seem to be really enjoying these one-to-watches, uh, really enjoying the shorter podcast content as well. It's uh, easier for you guys to get through from all the reviews that I've read uh, and all reports that you guys have given me. And today, we're touching on the Melbourne Storm. Now, Obviously, it's no secret uh, with the Storm. They won the Premiership last year, came second in the ladder, missed out on the minor Premiership to the Panthers, but got the job done in the Grand Final. Looked very, very comfortable doing so. Uh, And I feel the Storm this year, they're going to be different. They're not going to be worse. Uh, They're just going to be different, obviously. A whole entire new dynamic uh, with Harry Grant coming to the building. They've lost Cameron Smith for more reports, the, the greatest player of all time, being the focal point of that side for, for many years. So it's going to be a new look Storm aside. Um, but it's going to be very interesting to see how they go. I think they'll obviously be there or thereabouts. Um, I've said before, I think South Sydney will win the comp, but uh, Melbourne will definitely be thereabouts. Like I said, they came second last year, uh, posting 26.7 points on offense, the number one uh, attacking side in the comp, and only conceding 13.8 points on defense. Now... Obviously, a lot of their stats, they're going to be heavily up. Second in possession, second in line breaks. They had the most dummy half runs, which is interesting to see what's going to happen next year. The Tigers were third. So, Harry Grant, as the Tigers' number nine, uh, led them to be third in dummy half runs. And the Storm was second with Cam Smith. So, I don't expect that to drop. They were third in offloads. And they were fourth in errors, surprisingly. But I would put this down to having so much ball. Obviously, second in possession. They're going to have more ball, uh, more chances to make errors. So the fourth in errors doesn't worry me too much. If they were lower down in possession, then yeah, I would uh, be a little bit worried about the efficiency of this Melbourne attack. But um, they did lead the league in ineffective tackles and penalties. So even though the game is getting quicker around Melbourne, um, they still want to slow the game down to the, to the pace that suits them. Obviously, everyone wants to make jokes about how Melbourne love to wrestle, but it's working for them. It's worked for them for the past... Uh, 10 years, 15 years, they they love to slow the game down, just get a grip on the game, um, definitely make teams play to them, um, if you think of it like a boxing analogy, it's it's having the team come to you, whereas Melbourne can just continue to play their game and, and have teams make mistakes around them. Now, the first player that we're going to be having a look at is obviously Harry Grant, uh, like I mentioned, he will be coming in for Cameron Smith, um, he is probably the best nine in the game after one year. Um, I was calling for him to be the Queensland 9 from Game 1, and, and he we showed what he could do when he got that game time in Game 3. Obviously linked up with Munster and, and really tore that New South Wales team apart. Worried a little bit about his minutes with Brendan Smith, um, 
but Grant's still going to play 60, but it's just a case of whether he's going to kick on and play 70-plus now. He had a three-round average of 69, 50 points in base, a 0.97 PPM, and according to Supercoach, he was the third best hooker in the game. Um, but like I said, it's it's down to Cameron Smith. Like, at the Tigers, it was a very different system. Like, he was relied upon there, um, even times when he moved to 13, which really elevated his scores. Uh, I still think he will be there or thereabouts. I'm just not sold on the minutes. Um, I know how good he is, but whether Craig Bellamy wants to rotate him, we'll get a better idea a couple of rounds into the season, and I'm more than happy to wait on Harry Grant. Um, I think with both the top-level hookers, Cook and... Um, Grant, I might stay away from them both at the start of the year. I'm just uh, just worried that maybe Brandon Smith comes on, or maybe he starts at 13 and then moves to 9 for, for a portion of the game. If Grant's only playing 60, uh, I don't think he's one to look at for the price, but if he's getting 70-plus, then I think definitely um, he will be the best hooker come the end of the year. One man that, uh, that really did uh, come into his own at the end of last year is Ryan Pappenhausen. A three-round average of 99, a five-round average of 86, but uh, with only one score above 60 in his first six rounds, uh, that sort of worries the Whisperer. Will this happen again? We know that at the end of 2019, he killed it. Like He finally came on to start and, and really tore teams apart at the end, but he started slow in 2020 and obviously killed at the end of 2020. Will he start off slow in 2021? If he gets the goal kicking, he becomes a must-have, I think. But the good thing about Pap is he has a 32 base, so even on his worst night, there's still a really good floor to his game. And at 200k cheaper than Tedesco, I think it's worth a punt. Uh, if he gets the goal kicking, I wouldn't be starting with Tedesco personally. I think um, there's better options to run with little of money. Yeah, people say, oh, I don't want to miss out on the Tedesco points, but for the extra 200k that Pappenhausen frees up, I feel like you can make up those points elsewhere in, in your side. And there's just there's no there's no secret that he could go large with a freed up Munster. Obviously, the key to the offense now will be with Cam Munster. Um, I expect him to roam a little bit more, and we know what Pappy can do pushing through the middle third of the field. And if he can really get uh, that combination syncing up well, we saw what uh, Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, and Cooper Cronk could do. It was the whole uh, outside in play. I think we could see something similar with Munster. I could see uh, Munster taking on the line and just putting Pap through back on the inside and, and really tearing teams apart. Outside of Tedesco, I think Pappenhausen and uh, Trevojevic are probably the three top-tier options. If Turbo can stay fit, I've said it many times, he will be the best player in the game. Uh, it's just a case of that body holding up. And lastly, it's uh, it's Christian Welch, obviously a popular Supercoach player. A really nice prize for a starting front rower. Uh, had a three-round average of 61 and a five-round average of 68. And a large amount of his games last year were over 50 minutes. So people that say, oh, he doesn't pump out uh, big minutes for Supercoach, it's it's not true. Uh, Christian Welch was getting good minutes towards the end of last year. Obviously started on the bench at the start of the year and really turned himself into one of the best front rowers in the game. Uh, had, an, had a staggering average of 1.2 ppm. Um, and we think he can go to another level. Like, I generally think... Uh, Welch could average 60 plus. He just needs to get that 53, 54 minutes a game on average. I think Bellamy will need a leader in the middle. Uh, with Nelson Asafa Solomon seeming to be an impact player off the bench these days, Welch could be the man that the Storm turned to. Uh, a 45 base is low when you look at the numbers, but we can see that he only played an average of 43 minutes last year. So you think if he was putting out 45 base in 43 minutes, um, I think it'd be something similar to sort of. 53 base in 53 minutes and 
Uh, we know that he can get an offload. We know that he can find uh, find those sort of little attacking stats just on, at, at the line. I think uh, I think at the end of the year Welch could be a premium front row option towards the uh, towards like when when we review the season uh, I think Welch could be a serious front row option to be talked about in the same breath as uh, guys like Haas and Clemmer and Papali um, I would not be surprised to see him average more than sixty I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, owners of him make a good two hundred k if he uh, if he gets up to around that six fifty mark. Um, I rate Christian Welch really highly. I think he's a no-nonsense front rower that just gets through his work. Um, you don't really uh, hear anything bad about him in the press. So he's just a really solid guy that, um, one in the NRL and two in Supercoach, he's just someone that is going to be really consistent for you. Uh, and at the price, I think this year is a year that you can go cheaper in your front row. So, um, yeah, that wraps it up for today, guys. Uh, as I say, keep your friends close and keep your pods closer. That'll knock a jacket potato out of you, that. And the cheese and the coleslaw.